This episode of On The Beat is brought to you by Ingles. Shop online with Ingles Curbside Pickup. New curbside stores opening every week. Please welcome Mike Griffith. Well, hey everybody, Mike Griffith here. Welcome to tonight's Ingles On The Beat segment. And obviously it was a busy weekend for Georgia Athletics and certainly for Kirby Smart. The Bulldog staff now filled out and you have got to love these hires. When you want to talk about great recruiters, and James Coley is right at the top of the list. You know, Georgia uh, getting Coach Coley back, apparently going to coach the receivers. Uh, coach Coley's coached the receivers before. You look, this is the guy that recruited George Pickens. And how great will it be to be getting more five-star receivers uh, back in the fold at Georgia? James Coley, a guy really good at uh, not just his Florida recruiting, but just identifying talent. You know, you go down the list and you see guys like uh, Tyreek Stevenson. I know he transferred out, but this guy's starting in the NFL right now. And James Cook, uh, Karis Jackson, uh, Mark Webb, a guy that James Coley recruited, Carson Beck, Javon Wims, uh, Tyson Campbell. You go down the list, and when you have coaches that have built these relationships, it makes a huge difference. And you put those relationships and that trusted coach with what Georgia has to offer is a top 20 academic institution, the, the two national championships Kirby's won in the last three years. I mean, and Georgia has not lost a regular season game, folks, since 2020. I mean, just think about that. They've won every single regular season game the last three seasons. That's nuts. 12-0, 12-0, 12-0. I mean, who does that? I mean, you want to compare apples to apples. Think about what that would mean during the 70s and 80s. I mean, that's like Paul Bear Bryant stuff. I don't know if Nick Saban put together three straight undefeated regular seasons like Kirby Smart has. Um, so, yeah, James Coley's got a lot to sell, and I like that hire. Uh, you know, and then at running back, you know, Josh Crawford is a guy. And some people are going, oh, well, what is he? Well, you know, who? I said, have you not looked at this guy's resume? and seeing all the different high schools across the state of Georgia. I mean, you want to talk about somebody that's worked hard on their career and, and worked their way up? Uh, Coach Crawford looks like that guy. Looks hungry. Hashtag hungry, right? Coached at Western Kentucky, uh, where they've got that air raid offense. Um, you know, got some experience there. I think that's I think that's big. And, and then, of course, Georgia Tech. And look, the Yellow Jackets were no pushovers. And Brent Key's done a good job there. Uh, this is an up-and-coming coach. This is an exciting hire to me. You know, give me the hungry guys. I want guys that that are still fighting and working extra and grinding their way up that embrace that position. Aren't looking for the next position. Not looking to be a head coach. Not looking to be a coordinator. Not looking to go to the NFL. But trying to embrace the moment. And, and Kirby Smart recognizes, uh, and one of the keys, I think, for Georgia – it's been how fluid Kirby has been to adjust to the times. And let's face it, it takes a different coach now uh, to be able to coach up some of these athletes. I mean, things are things have changed. You can't tell a guy, hey, if you don't like it, there's the door. Okay, I'm there because I can leave now and go anywhere right away. No questions asked. You know, you, you've got to work with athletes a little bit differently. And I think George is in the midst of a, of a little bit of a makeover or a transition into terms of, of how they motivate and work with their kids because Kirby is going to be intent on maintaining that connectedness, right? That was the difference. I mean, Georgia opts in, Florida State opts out. 
Georgia wins 63 to three. You know, Florida State had eight or nine guys that said, you know what, we don't care enough to play in this game. This game's meaningless. Not going to play for each other. Not going to play for the, the spear on the helmet. Not going to play for Florida State. Thinking about myself, I'm checking out, right? Georgia, just the opposite, right? One last chance to play for the G. One last chance to play for each other. Uh, that mindset is what wins championships, and Kirby's got to maintain it. And he's got to have coaches that can build good relationships with the players that the players want to play for, that the players trust. And, and I like these hires. I think these are really good hires. Um, you know, people are talking, oh, this former player. That, listen, they're former players. Th that doesn't mean they translate to great coaches. Not saying they can't be great coaches, right? They can. But by and large, uh, former great players don't always amount to great coaches because they have a different mindset, right? Uh, coaches, are it's a different job. You know, Kirby – Kirby was an all SEC guy, but he wasn't like an all pro safety in the NFL. Um, you know, so I do think it can help in some circumstances, but I don't think it's a necessity. And uh, as popular as the players were as players does not necessarily going to translate to them being great coaches. I think Kirby knows exactly what Georgia needs. Again, I like these hires. I like the turnover. If a guy wants to go and get another job somewhere else, then he should probably go. Right. I, I, you know, that that means that their eyes not necessarily all in. They aspire to do a different position. And, and that time comes for all coaches where they want to evolve. And so I think, again, I think this turnover is good. It's not major in the sense of Georgia's identity remains the same. You're not seeing coordinators change. You're not seeing the direction of the program change. Um, you're seeing some hungry coaches come in, some experienced coaches Coley's been here before. He understands the expectation. He's got a good working relationship with Kirby. Um, he's he's a proven coach. And then you look at Josh Crawford, and Josh just looks hungry to me. I mean, this 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 is going to be, I think, a slam dunk hire. I want to take a quick break. When I come back, I want to talk about the NFL Combine, what's in store. We've got a story up on dognation.com. You may have seen that today. I'm going to go down the list. Right now, I want to recognize our sponsor, Ingles. Let's take this moment, recognize Ingles. They bring you the show each and every Monday night. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Welcome back to the program. Mike Griffith here on our Ingles on the Beat segment. Appreciate our sponsor, Ingles. And this week, the NFL Combine. I will be there in Indianapolis tomorrow. Uh, Michigan with 18 players at the Combine. Washington with 13. Florida State 12. Some have opted out. Just kidding. Georgia with 11. Alabama and Penn State 10 each. And as I said, story today, I broke this down about the combine. I want to start with Brock Bowers. And maybe I'm just a little sensitive, but it seemed to me that that picture of Bowers and Gronkowski together, it was almost as if they were poking fun at Brock Bowers. Now, I have said this myself. When you see Brock Bowers out of uniform, it does not translate to the Superman that we see in uniform. 
Brock's not the guy that you look at and go, oh, my gosh, who is that? You know, he he's now he's big and athletic, but he doesn't have all the muscles popping out all over his body. They're there, but they're just toned. And and so I guess what I'm saying is I don't think he would be the the NFL combine monster that 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 maybe everybody's going to think he would be based on how incredible he looks on the field. So that said, I don't know that the combine could help Brock that much. I mean, let's face it. If Brock runs a 4-4-2 or a 4-4-0 or a 4-3-9 or a 4-4-5, which are great times for a tight end, everybody would go, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. If he bench presses 25 or 30 reps to 225, people go, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. In other words, unless Brock Bowers is the top tight end in every single combine category, Someone's going to go up, oh, look, see, maybe he's not as good. And uh, I think his level of play, I think the tape is such. And I don't know where the recovery for him is at. That's the other thing. Remember, this is a guy that had ankle surgery last October. November, December, January, February. You're only four months out from surgery, man. And, and the guy got re-injured. So unless Brock can win every category and vertical over 40 and run a low 4-4 and bench press 25 times, I think he's messing with the stock a little bit. I think Josh, I think that Brock should be a top 10 pick, top 15 at the lowest, as is, without doing anything. Now, I know him, and I know he wants to compete. I know he wants to put himself up because that's why he's Brock Bowers. This guy is an unbelievable competitor. But these NFL types, sometimes they outsmart themselves. And they just, it's almost like when they go to the combine, they're, yes, every now and then there's an outlier performance that, that makes you more impressed. Like Jordan Davis running the 4740. That was to see a 340 pound guy run a 4740 was pretty amazing, right? But most of the time, it feels like they're looking to knock the guy. And that's the difference between the NFL draft and recruiting. In recruiting, all you do is accentuate all the positives. Oh, he does this well. He does that well. He could do that well. Because the thought is, this is a player in development, and we can build him up more. In the combine, when you're looking at first-round picks and the amount of money you're looking to invest, you want a guy that can play right away. And so it almost seems like the process is, well, yeah, he does all that well, but here's what he doesn't do well. And so... It'll be interesting to see what Brock decides to do at the combine. I know, having spoken to people in his party, that he does plan to do pro day. Brock Bowers is going to put those numbers down, folks. You can't stop him from competing, right? I just don't know that doing it under the spotlight of the NFL combine, I don't know if that's a good strategic play. Because all they do is talk and talk and talk and talk. And before long, perception becomes reality. Now, Amarius Mims? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Amarius Mims needs to put on the, the tight shirt and run the 40 and everybody see all the muscles and the six foot seven, 340, 14% body fat. You want a guy that's going to win the beauty pageant? It's Amarius Mims. Now, I don't know if Amarius Mims translates to being a guy that's going to start right away. In the I know he did darn well at Georgia. I think he'll be a first round pick. But if you're asking me who I'm more certain about, is a first-round pick, I would tell you it's Brock Bowers. But if you're asking me which player looks better at the combine, I think more people are going to fall in love with the Mary's Mims because this is a beauty contest. 
And too often I hear people talk about what's the 40, what's the bench press. Folks, they don't run the 40 in football. And when you're watching that football game, there's nobody with a stopwatch between plays. All right. And there's not a bench press at the 50 yard line. But people get so called, oh, look at all the muscles he's got. It's how do you play football? It's football IQ, it's football strength, it's football skills. Now, the combine is good TV and it's interesting and it's an excuse to talk about guys, but 40 times don't equal greatness. Remember John Ross? Do you remember? Do you even know who I'm talking about? He ran like a 4-2 something in the 40. You, that day was big. It was all we talked about, that combine. But now you're like, wait, who? What? Yeah? No? Don't remember? Okay. So my point is, I'm not going to get too carried away with what the guys do at the combine. No, it's always good to see a lot of Georgia guys there. It helps the brand. Brock Bowers, I think, will be most talked about. Amarius Mims talked about. Lad McConkie blew some people away at the Senior Bowl. There's going to be people who are going to, what's his physical like? What's his ankle like? What's his back like? He missed games. There's going to be critics and skeptics. Then there's going to be people that fall in love. If Lad runs, again, another guy, will he run? He could run a high 4-3 or a low 4-4. I'm so talented. Other guys, Kamari Lasseter, what does he look like physically? Yeah, he looked physical and runs sport in college. Can he do that in the NFL? Javon Bullard, is he fast enough? We know he's not tall like Lewisine. That that height, that six, he's not six one, so he's not a first rounder. Remember, these guys fall in love with metrics. I'm telling you. But can Javon run fast enough? I did see him in the first round of one projection. I think that's too high. Van Pran said did not do the Senior Bowl. I think he would have done well there because he's such a chalkboard guy, such an engaging personality. Now he's got to try to match up physically. How is he going to match up physically with these other centers? The competition is on. I think he comes out of there probably as the third or fourth best center. We will see. Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, can he open enough ties? Can he run a fast enough 40? Tyke, like Javon, a little small. Tyke's going to have to prove some things. Same thing with Kendall in the 40. They're going to want to see Kendall Milton run the 40. And can Dejon Edwards do anything to get himself drafted? Dejon and Zion Logue, right? These are team guys. These are championship players. But when you look at the metrics, there's a lot of other guys like them. So what can they do to differentiate? Is the combine going to help them or hurt them? Uh, Wednesday is Zion Logue will be at the combine as far as the days. The combine starts this week. They're going to have some coaches and GMs that are available tomorrow. Uh, Zion Logue goes Wednesday, Thursday, Brock Bowers, Devon Buller, Tyke Smith, Kamari Lasseter. Friday, Lad McConkie, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, uh, Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards. And Saturday, Cedric Van Pran and Amarius Mims. This has been segment two. On to Third segment, in just a minute, I want to get into my hot and cold segment, talk about an indoor world record by a Georgia Bulldog, talk about the hottest team on the campus and maybe the coldest team. But right now, I want to take this break and recognize our sponsor, Anytime Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Anytime heating, cooling, and plumbing. Our family has been making sure Georgia fans and their families are comfortable for over 20 years. Let us do the same for yours. Anytime. Service repairs and replacement with trained systems. Our trained comfort specialists are carefully selected to visit your home and offer you a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Anytime offers an annual three-visit comfort plan starting at just $155. Visit anytimehvac.com for details. Anytime. Large enough to take care of your heating, cooling, and plumbing, but small enough to care. Welcome back to the program. Mike Griffith here. Now time for the who's not uh, and who's hot segment. 
And let's start out with Christopher Morales Williams, uh, this Georgia trackster from Vaughn, Ontario, a sophomore, runs the fastest indoor 400 in the world ever. 44.49 seconds, a world indoor record at the SEC championships. Uh, pretty amazing. Um but Georgia track does some amazing things. And you know that, you know, Josh Brooks has got that new track in the works uh, out there going to be across from Jack Turner uh, stadium, softball stadium. They're going to have an incredible state of the art track facility at Georgia just around the corner so that more world-class athletes like Christopher Morales Williams will come to Georgia. This took place uh, at Arkansas. And their indoor track on Saturday, uh, he's only 19 years old. The former record was set by the USA's Karen Clement in Fayetteville in 2005. So pretty amazing world record. That is scalding hot. That leads the segment. Uh, let me tell you what else is hot. The Georgia softball team, number three in the nation. Haven't seen the new rankings Got to believe they're going to be right around there as well. They've already beaten number six, Oklahoma State, number 19, UCLA, number five, Florida State, split with Virginia Tech. How about Sidney Kuma? 579 batting average. Jada Kearney, 385. Sidney Shambly, 355. And three top pitchers transfer from North Carolina. Lily Backus, 212 ERA, 3 0. Shelby Walter, she transferred in from Duke last year. 2.30 ERO, 4-1 record in Madison Kerpik's 2.37. These girls, all Georgia high school players, uh, these grad transfers coming back to Georgia, finishing out their career. And uh, Wednesday night, if you get the chance and you're in Athens, they're going to play host to Clemson at 5 p.m. at uh, in, in uh, excuse me in Athens. You're going to want to check that out. This weekend, Georgia softball going to Stanford, where they will play some more elite competition. On the West Coast. So this looks like a World Series team to me. Um, I'm very impressed with, with what's happening over there. Uh, Georgia's got great softball. It's a great, I think it's a great TV sport. But I think it's cool to see in person too. Admission free to those games in Georgia. At least so far it is. Uh, at some point that's probably going to be a sport you're going to pay to get into in Georgia. But right now uh, that is free. And they have one of the best programs in the country. Baseball, I'm only going to call it warm. I know they're seven and zero, uh, and the West Johnson Air is off to a promising start. Uh, they've had two walk off wins over Northern Kentucky. That's the good news. The bad news is their walk off wins over Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky is a two and five team, and I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of Northern Kentucky before. The fact that UGA needed four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to win on Saturday against Northern Kentucky, I think their nickname is the Norse or something. I don't even know what the Norse is. Um, but hey, they're winning. That's all that matters. They're getting better. Uh, they play Presbyterian 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Charlie Conan. Charlie Conan is, is bona fide, right? This guy is hitting 643 with three home runs in seven games, seven RBIs. He's walked six times. He's only struck out three times in 28 at bats, or really 34, because the six walks don't count. Charlie Condon is like Georgia's American hero. If you're looking for the next great thing at Georgia, it's Charlie Condon. This guy's a billboard kind of athlete. Fernando Gonzalez, another one of the holdovers, he's hitting 400. Uh, and then they got this transfer from Mississippi State named Slade Alford. He's hitting 364. 
I think Slate also runs the bases. I think his home run trot might be the slowest I've ever seen. But I know that Georgia fans like that. Uh, Slate's got some swagger to him that he's brought from Mississippi State. I think that's pretty fun. I think you'll like this Georgia baseball team. I'm not ready to say they're hot yet. I'm going to say they're warm. Uh, They're looking pretty good. They got a George Mason transfer uh, that's got the best ERA on their team at 1.23. Charlie Goldstein, uh, he's 2-0. He's got 14 Ks and uh, nine innings. We'll see what the baseball team has. Competition will eventually get a little bit better. Cold, mm, tough, tough, tough. Georgia basketball, they've lost seven of eight now. Uh, Six of those seven losses, though, you got to understand, are to projected tournament teams. I mean, they have really caught teams at the wrong time. They caught Auburn after Auburn had a week off coming in here. Uh, George is playing Auburn. I mean, they were within three points with nine and a half minutes left. And then Auburn just went off. I mean, it's a really good Auburn team. Bruce Pearl's a really good coach. You know that. Uh, Auburn wins by 21. Um, You know, the fans kind of bailed on Georgia. Uh, Saturday night, I guess there's a lot to do in Athens, but that was a little disappointing. The building starts getting cold. You look around, all the doors are open because everybody's leaving. And it's like, man, that team's still fighting. Um, They're still fighting. Mike White has got a team full of guys that are fighting. I think he's fighting. I just don't think they're as good. I just, at the end of the day, their players just aren't as talented. They don't have the ceiling. Um, You're getting guys that were backups at other places. Just the opposite of football. You know how the football backups go and start other places? Georgia's getting backups from other places. At some point, uh, Georgia's got to invest in some high-profile guys. It's You're only, you get what you pay for, right? Now, I will say the ball movement wasn't great. Uh, if there's an issue with this team, I don't think the point guard play is 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 too good. I do like Silas Demery Jr. This is a freshman. You need to hold on to this guy. Everybody's going to come after this guy as a transfer. I hope George can find a way to keep him. Uh, R.J. Melendez, I, this guy goes off for 35 at Florida. I don't understand why he doesn't get more shots every game. He looks athletic. He shoots the ball well. I've got questions like everybody else. But I'm not at practice every day. And, again, George is down by three with nine and a half minutes left. I don't feel like this team is that far off. What would it mean if they had uh, a five-star point guard? How different could things be, right? What if they had a a five-star power forward, a guy that just helped them control the boards uh, that that you could, you know, pair with Russell Shewa, the seven-footer? So I feel like George is a player or two off from being a contender. I feel like Mike White's a good coach. Um, Fan support has been fantastic. Uh, and, and then at the bottom of the list, I, I, gosh, I hate to go here because it's gymnastics, but 0-6 in the league. Um, I know they have a great freshman class, but Georgia gymnastics used to be the standard. And, and you know, I look up and I see 0-6 in the SEC, and I, I know their former gymnast runs the program, but you just say, how does it get here? And and where is the change? They had a great recruiting class, but you're still – they have some injuries this year, but 0-6 is 0-6. going to be a tough decision uh, for Josh Brooks at the end of the year. So I appreciate you joining me on this abbreviated program. Um, I think uh, we've covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. I hope you hit me up in the comments with questions. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday with Brandon Adams on Dog Nation Daily. You know, Brandon's show every day at 10 a.m. Wednesday night, it's Before the Hedges with Jeff Santel. And then Thursday night, Kaylee Manziel and Connor Riley have got a really fun program. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to check that out. On Thursday nights, Monday nights on the beat with me, Mike Griffith, have enjoyed this program. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Griffith32. 